Okay, hallelujah. Well, I had just a word for someone um, this morning. I felt, I felt the Lord saying just as we were worshipping that you're standing there and you're asking a question. And the question's a real simple question. Why am I not like these people? And, uh, you know, as I say, I don't know who's asking that question, but I heard the question being asked, you know, why am I not like these people? And I, wanna, I want the opportunity to explain now before we come around the scriptures and the word of God, I want to have the opportunity to say, it's because these people have had a transformation. Amen. We're all here this morning because God did a work in our hearts and changed our hearts. He did a work in our hearts and actually took us uh, out of the kingdom of darkness and over into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's why we sing. That's why we worship. That's why we praise his name. And uh, I want you to know uh, that one that's asking that question and saying, I'm not like these people. You're, you're asserting, I'm not like them. And God says, I want you to be. God says, I want you to be like them. Praising him, worshipping him giving glory to the king of kings and lord of lords and 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 this is especially true realizing that you're in worshiping him you're worshiping the very god of creation and not only that the beautiful thing is and that why we are here this morning and those those around you would attest to this is because they have personal relationship with him you know personal relationship where where he he is known in their life. Amen. Who's here for that reason today? Amen. A whole bunch of us here to say, uh, to say that very truth is that we know him personally. We know him. You know, we know him by his spirit. And, you know, we're in a series at the moment which is really sort of talking around those areas and just speaking to that. And, uh, and again, uh, this morning, as we come around the word, I want, I want to encourage that person, whoever you are, there's a simple prayer that we pray. It's called the prayer of salvation. Again, I just can't just leave you for a second. There's a, a simple prayer. And when we pray that prayer, the Bible says that we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. We believe unto righteousness and, and confession is made of the Lordship of Jesus. And that's the moment where we also get to sense and feel that transformation. Happened to me, uh, my math is not so good now, but... I was 21, so you can imagine it was a little while back, and that happened to me. And I prayed a prayer. I happened to pray in a baptism tank, but it didn't matter. It was the prayer that I prayed, which was from the heart. And I confessed with my mouth the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. And you know what? He came in and made a difference. And the, the, the thing that's going to, uh, should capture your attention is, is that that work that he does is on the inside. It's in our spirit that he does that work. It's a new birth. And you can't stand from the outside looking in and wondering whether you should have it. You have to be like I was when I was this, a little bit adventurous. I said of being baptised, I said, uh, the worst thing that could happen to me is I'll get wet. That's where, that, that, that's where I was at, at, at that time and in my thinking. The worst thing that could happen to me is I'll get wet. But I didn't realise that I did go through that baptism as well. But it wasn't the water that made me feel different. It was that simple prayer where I believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth the Lord Jesus. And he came in and made a change on the inside. So it's something you feel because you've been in the church long enough and you start to feel it. No, it's something that he starts 
And we then start going to church because we want to find out more about it and be around people who've had the same thing happen. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I can tell I'm speaking to the right crowd this morning. Hallelujah. Well, God's good, isn't he? Okay, let's pray and get around his word because his word is here for us today. Amen. To reach us right where we are. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity. Come around your word, Lord God. Come around... um, Lord, the truth of your word, Father. And we ask, Lord, that our, our hearts be open to receive from you today, Lord God. What it is, the very oracles of God, Lord God, coming down, touching our hearts and lives, bringing change, Lord God, where there's need of change, bringing about that, again, transformation. We declare, Father, faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word, Lord God. And we, we are uh, listening in today, Lord God, that faith might come and stir our hearts again today. And Lord, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a guide unto our path, Lord God. Shows us where we are and shows us also where we can go. And we ask these things today in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. Well, again, um, uh, we're still very much in this current series on actually being spiritual is the series that we're in. And uh, uh, how many are here uh, knowing that you've received a gift from God? A gift from God. You've received a gift from God. Uh, that gift is called the gift of righteousness. All right? And just remember that, no matter what we talk about today, that gift comes from God. And it's not something you could work for. It's called the gift of righteousness. And that means right standing with God. We've been called to stand in a place of called being right with Him. And it's not because of our fantastic behavior, you know. You know, God's not like Santa Claus looking to see who's been naughty and who's been good. Okay, that gift of righteousness is ours as a gift. You can't work for it. Our salvation is on that basis. You know, and uh, it's so important for us to understand because sometimes we can get confused into thinking that Christians are the perfect people. I haven't met a perfect Christian yet. But I've met those that are in right standing with God all the time just in right standing with God and realise that that's something that God gave, not something they worked for. And the minute you come to that realisation is the minute you're set free to start serving him and start working for his kingdom. Uh, What we've been doing is we've been recognising the very way that the Lord has created man. It it was in his own image, wasn't it? We saw that right from there. A little bit of a recap this morning. God created man in his own image. Jesus told the woman, just to clarify, Jesus told the woman at the well uh, that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. You know, that, that change, that transformation that occurs on the inside of us equips us to worship him and connect, you know, that, um, that connection with him is so important. And, uh, you know, our very connection to God is by our spirit within us. That's how we connect with him, you know, and, and growth in our spiritual sensitivity is something that uh, we can expect as well. Uh, a sensitivity to the work of God's Spirit, both in us and around us, is so very, very important. And, uh, oh, we've got the big screen on today, okay. Of course, we know that little figure, we've been showing that for a, little, a few weeks there. It speaks of both being, um, you know, I am a spirit, you know, I have a soul, and I live in a body. You know, but I am a spirit, you know, and so are you. You are a spirit. You know, the disconnect is to be avoided. We may be born again, but the danger is that we fail at bearing the fruit that we should. 
you know, as a spiritual people that God has equipped us to be. And, and of course, Jesus communicated this so very well over in John chapter 15 and uh, verse 5 to 8. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him, okay, we're remaining in him and we in him, will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You ought to underline that in your Bible. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Or we can do some things, but apart from me, we can do nothing. And we need to know that we need him. We need him. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. These are the words of Jesus. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, proving yourselves to be my disciples. Who wants to be a fruitful Christian? I don't know about anyone else, but I've found that that's Moorish. You know the term Moorish? Once you've tasted that a little bit, you want more of it, you know. You know, when we fail to abide, we can do nothing. And we have to see that. We miss our God-given cues, the prompts of God's spirit, which are not felt in the soulish realm. You know, in our soul, our will, our intellect and our emotions, they're sensed in the spirit. And this is where we grow in our sensitivity. I want to go on to talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, the, the prompts and the leadings of God's spirits are not sensed in our physical realm. They're sensed in our spirit, first of all. And how many of you know the direction of God is not coming to you in an email? You know, he communicates with our spirit. That's why it's so important to get that understanding down about being a spirit. You know, having a soul, but living in a body, a physical, our, as, as we say, our earth suit. Jesus said of the religious people of the day, referring to those that, that he had uh, uh, you know, noticed an outward appearance of godliness. Those who, you know what I'm talking about, those that look the part, you know, all of their outward appearance and, of course, actions said super spiritual. <laughs> but we don't hear that word too often. But, but they were not close to God in the heart and, and in the spirit. And the thing was is that Jesus knew it. He could tell. And he spoke about it. Matthew chapter 15 and in verse 8. And he says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's something just to, to just take a recognition of. Jesus could see it. Jesus could discern it. Jesus could know that. And um, we can and should be a people that draw near to God on a daily basis through prayer and through our heartfelt worship, those times where we just begin to pray quietly, you know, even, even you know, uh, in, our, in our own, um, uh, you know, quietness of our, you know, under our breath, we can pray. It doesn't matter whether you're in the workplace or not, you can just start reaching to God. Just keep connecting, you know, maintain that connection with him. Inviting his presence, you know, with the goal of carrying his presence. You ask, well, why is that? For the sake of others. Why do we want to carry the presence of God? For the sake of others. I like down at Victory Life Perth, I was down there um, enough in the services in the church down there that, and um, one of the catchphrases, you know, every now and then there's little words that we hear being said quite often. What was one of them was, it's all about others. 
you know, all the staff and the people that are on the ministry team down there used to say it a fair bit, it's all about others. It's all about others. And uh, we start to understand what God, the work that God's doing in our lives is all about other people. We carry his presence so that some of that sense of his presence can get out and get on other people. And we can have a moment, you know, in his presence together. And they can have a taste of that well of transformation, you know, a significant moment in God where they really, again, feel like he's there and he's doing something and reaching, you know, that person. I don't know about you, but I, I find that Moorish. You know, when it happens, I want more of that. His presence is known and felt. It's discerned in the spirit. You know, we, um, recapping a little bit, we acknowledge that uh, Caleb was recognised as having a different spirit. The Bible says he was found following God wholeheartedly. You know, we saw in uh, Acts chapter 13 and verse uh, I won't go to the verse, but Acts chapter 13, it says, you know, David right there in that chapter is acknowledged as having, uh, uh, you know, as having been a man after God's own heart. And of course, uh, last week we saw how being in pursuit of God's presence is likened to being in a tent, you know, in the tent of God or, or going up on his holy mountain. And um, my question to you today is, where's your holy mountain? It's the same place as the secret place, isn't it? Mentioned in Psalm 91. And you know what? It should feel like home and God should be able to call us there every now and then. You know, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, when the Lord just says, come home, come home. And that's when we just run to his presence. You know, look out for that word, come home. Sometimes it's when we're venturing out into areas that we shouldn't be going. And you'll hear the Lord saying, he'll, he'll pull you back. If you're sensitive, he'll stop you from going down an avenue that's going to be wasteful and uh, not good for the kingdom. Know where your holy mountain is. Know where your tent of the Lord is. And know that it's a secret place. You know, it's actually on the inside of us where we can get into that presence with God. And it should feel like home. And remember, home is where the heart is. That's right. So again, let's just look at some verses again, which really I believe that we should uh, get a hold of today and understand. Um, Psalm chapter 15, Psalm chapter 15 and verse 1 there, it says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent, who may dwell in your holy mountain? He who walks with integrity and practices righteousness, who speaks the truth from his heart, who has no slander on his tongue, who does no harm to his neighbour, who casts no scorn on his friend, uh, who despises the vile but honours those who fear the Lord, who does not revile a cost, uh, revise a costly oath, who lends his money without interest and refuses a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. He who does these things will never be shaken. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, these are behaviours that David in his psalm lists off that are under the heading of practising righteousness. We started out this message saying that we have a gift of righteousness and we didn't have to work for it. God gives it to us freely. He became sin that we might become what? His righteousness. So that's a gift. You're not going to be able to work on getting that. That's already yours. 
But what about practicing righteousness? I heard a preacher once say, a once say, man I knew, he said, we need to be upright in our righteousness. Ah. Oh. We need to, uh, um, you know, be righteous or act and practice our righteousness because we are righteous. And we need to practice. These are the outcomes of that behavior in our life. And David lists them off. We receive the gift of righteousness when we are saved, say the prayer of salvation. But these verses mean that we are to establish ourselves in the behaviors of righteousness. We should see some fruit from that work that is done on the inside of us. We should see some fruit from that. We don't want to come to church on Sunday, be goofing off so much that we miss, you know, something that we can put into practice during the week. You know, maybe not listening hard enough that there are some actions that we need to put into, into, into play. Let's just have a look at verse 2 again. It says, He who walks with integrity and practices righteousness who speaks the truth from his heart. Here's something that we can practice, we will put into, uh, into action. Look at, look at that. It says practicing righteousness means, means choosing integrity, doesn't it? Choosing the right thing. Not lying for gain. And, uh, and Proverbs verse uh, 12 and verse uh, 22, it says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy, doesn't like lying lips. You know, it's easy to justify a falsehood if there is gain to be made. Isn't that true? It's easy to justify a falsehood if there's a gain to be made. But, you know, if you're sensitive to his presence and you tell a lie, your spirit gets irked, should get irked, should be just that, oh, oh, don't go there, don't keep going down that track. Don't start with that. Don't, that. don't make that a behavior. Why is that? You know, it's because, you know, there's a grieving in the spirit and we should be sensitive to that and, uh, and understand. You know, it, it, if it doesn't get grieved, you have seared your conscience. If you don't get grieved, you've seared your conscience. In other words, you've done it so much that now it's just a hardened area. You know, you're no longer pricked in your conscience. He, he, you know, he, he says in uh, verse 2, uh, truth comes, where does it say it comes from? Who speaks the truth from his heart. That's where it, you know, uh, springs from. And uh, it's so important that we understand that. I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to have a prayer line for liars later on today or any of these other problem areas, but we've got to understand that we are, we are, and we have received the gift of righteousness, but we need to practice it. We need to let it just, you know, be something that flows out of our life. Integrity and telling the truth. And uh, so very important. Look at uh, verse 3. Who has no slander on his tongue, who does no harm to his neighbor, who casts no scorn on his friend. Ouch! Some of the things that are here, someone says. Ouch! You know. Hitting a little close to home this morning. Practicing righteousness means getting our relationships right. We can get the relationship right this way with a gift from God. We've got to realize that our, our relationship this way is impacted by our relationships that way. Our vertical relationship with God is impacted by our relationship with people 
horizontally. Let's just recognise that, that this gets down to what we say, this particular verse. And I've found, <laughs> and I don't necessarily um, enjoy this moment because of the feeling and the sensation of it is, I've found that if I say the wrong thing about someone, my spirit is like a buzzer. <clears throat> you know, I get caught if I say the wrong thing. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? See, there you go. Someone's getting a phone call about it right now. See, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I find that my spirit gets grieved and uh, it's, like a, it's like a notification, if you like. Ooh, something's not quite right. And I check myself. And my family will attest to this as well. Rosa was giving me a big cheesy smile. So my family will attest to the fact that if I'm caught saying the wrong thing, I usually will be quick to correct myself. Gossip. Let's just talk about gossip for a minute. Gossip is what we do when we're not concerned about someone's well-being. Just look at it that way. Gossip is what we do when we're not concerned for their well-being. And that needs to change from the heart. You know, when we're happy to talk about them, when, we're, when, when they're not there, and, and, and not out of concern for their well-being, but to do them harm. Ouch, I say to that. You know, this is what... This is some of the, you know, when we talk about practicing righteousness, this is where we've got to come from and start coming back to that place and say, Lord, I want my spirit to be so free of these things because I so value your presence, Lord. I so want your presence. Understand our words can be used for good or bad. What does it say? Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Are we speaking life? Or are we speaking death? Very quiet here in this Pentecostal church, just right at, just right at the moment. It's people <laughs> reflecting on these things. God bless you all. Look, I'm, 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 look I, I get a message like this from the Lord and I feel, Lord, do I, are they going to really enjoy this or not? You know? But, you know, I have to give what the Lord gave and so here I am. And, um, you know, it says in uh, Proverbs 16, and uh, verse 28 there, it says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. You know, we can always find remedy in the scripture. There's, a, there's always remedy there for us in these areas of our relationships and how we speak, how we conduct ourselves in our conversations. And I like particularly uh, 1 Peter uh, 3 verse 8 to 9 it says finally all of you be like-minded and sympathetic that's where we actually care about someone and we speak about them from that that concern and uh, and love for them look what it says finally all of you be like-minded and sympathetic love as brothers be tender-hearted and humble do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult but with blessing because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing God wants to bring a blessing. So we put the nonsense off and put practicing righteousness on. We inherit a blessing. And, you know, people get to see that and, and, it's a, and it brings glory to him. I like what verse 10 goes on to say. For whoever would love life and see good days. I reckon every hand should be up for that. Who wants to love life and see good days? Everyone. Must keep his tongue from evil. And his lips from deceitful speech. 
He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Someone else getting a notification there. Buzzer going off. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are inclined to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You know, in other words, there's that, you know, there's that grinding that's not good, you know. Notice that salvation, and I, I again want to reiterate this, salvation is not the result of getting it right here. We need to see that practicing our righteousness, being upright, means we're not moved or shaken from our connection with God. Our heart-to-heart communion with him is so important. You know, so, so important with him. Look at, look at verse 4 of uh, chapter 15. It says, Who despises the vile, but honours those who fear the Lord, who does not revise a costly oath. This is interesting. Despising the vile means we don't, we don't agree with their ways. You know, the ways of the world. Don't choose their ways. Why well, is this a good day for notifications, phone calls? We should have a phone call break, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, isn't it? I've never heard it before like that. But anyway, praise the Lord. So, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of it, is the, is the truth, isn't it? We're in the world, but we're not of it. And we need to choose sides. And, you know, here's a tip. Make sure you choose the side with the godly. You know, it's the side with the angels on it. I believe, you know, that we should choose the side that's got the angels on that side. And that's God's side. Verse 4 continues to speak of revising a costly oath. You know, and, uh, you know, when we make a pledge or a promise to support a godly pursuit, when it clashes with something else we love, when we revise that commitment, pull back, we fail to fulfill that commitment. And that's what we've got to watch out for. That's what we've got to watch out for. You know, and, and I'll say this too, is that there is a, there is a cost to our callings. There was a cost for, uh, for the Basil family to uh, come to Broome. There was a cost, you know. We sometimes forget that cost because we love the call. But there is a cost. I know uh, any time you fulfil ministry and fulfil what God's calling you to do, there is a cost. And sometimes uh, it's important to sit down and count that cost and say, I'm prepared to pay that. But, you know, there is a cost to our callings. There's, you know, and all of us are following God and should recognise that there is a cost to fulfilling uh, God's ways and going his way. You know, that's what we call godly suffering. That's when we suffer for righteousness' sake. In fact, in the book of First uh, Peter chapter 3, that goes on to talk about those, those sufferings that we're called to. And, um, you know, it is for righteousness' sake that we suffer sometimes. And we need to come to the place where that's okay. You know, that's all right. And we're willing to do it. And this one here, look, look, at, uh, look at verse 5. It says, uh, who lends his money without interest and refuses a bribe against the innocent. That's another good one. Now, this is one for the Christian loan sharks that are out there. Those who give to people expecting to receive back. All right. In other words, they cannot give without attaching a string to it in some way. And um, here's the tip. The thing to understand is that's not giving. That's not giving. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, 
Luke chapter 6 and verse 34. He said, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. You know, if there's a string attached to your giving, that's not giving. And uh, we need to see that. Last verse in uh, chapter uh, 24 of uh, Psalms, verse 3, David again says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? And of course, the answer to these questions has to be anyone who comes to God through Jesus Christ. Anyone. Under the new covenant, we better not think that it's through our law keeping or our sinless perfection that we think we may have attained to. We have to know none of us are going to heaven because of anything we've done to earn it. What we face is the judgment seat of Christ where what we have done will come under scrutiny. But what Jesus did at the cross, you know, at Calvary was what entitles us to heaven. It was, you know, he became our sin that we might become his righteousness. And, you know, the thing that we that we should um, just be very free about is the fact that we, you know, heaven is for the believers. Heaven is for those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and his work upon the cross as their means of salvation. None of us are going because of anything we've done to earn it. You cannot add your good behaviour record or your good works, you know, as an alternative. And get just, just get this, it's an alternative to the way, the truth and the life. And Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me, which is the way, the truth and the life. Read it for yourself there in John 14, verse 6. No one comes to the Father except through him. The Bible says our own righteousness, if you ever try and stack it up or put up a, you know, a, a good case for making it into the kingdom of heaven, uh, it, it says quite clearly that our righteousness is as filthy rags, that which we hold up and say, I thought I was good enough. You know, practicing righteousness means we know the source of our right standing with God and practicing righteousness means that we keep our hands clean we know how we came to have a pure heart. Both of those things come together. It was a gift of, uh, of God which brought our righteousness. And I, I just want to finish on verse um, 4. He who has clean hands. Who's going to we'll answer the question again? Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Amen. Amen. Being able to come into the presence of God and stay there means that we know how to access that cleansing flow of Calvary that washes us from that sense of sin or, or guilt or inferiority. You know, we know how to do that. You know. Now, um, occasionally, I've found that I might make a mistake once or twice, probably three or four times this year, I think. No, three times. Three times. And I've found that the Scripture helps me. The Scripture tells me that, you know, what I'm to do is I'm not to run from God, I'm to run to God, you know. 
and, I, and, and, and in doing so, I know, that, I know that he's already paid the price and the penalty for my sin. Amen. It's good news, isn't it? I already know that. But what I do is I appropriate it for myself again. I just appropriate that for myself again. And I thank him you know, that, that um, he cleanses me from all sin and unrighteousness. You know? And that's something that we all need to you know, uh, come to the place where we're comfortable uh, recognizing and reflecting in our own behavior, or maybe uh, you know, things that we've done, things that we haven't done, things that we could do, and go and receive again. You know? Because what we're doing is we're actually practicing righteousness when we do that. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you today. I believe um, we're going to finish right on that note. And if you're, um, if you're here today and, and uh, you know, there's something in that message that actually touched your heart and you'd like prayer, please come on down the front. I'd love to pray for you. We'd like to pray for you and um, you know, perhaps lay hands on you and just stand with you over a matter or a situation. But you know, I believe that there was a message for someone today earlier. Um, and I'd love that person to come down. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray that prayer of salvation uh, with you this morning. But um, otherwise, I'm going to just ask that um, the Lord bless you as, uh, as you go today. Um, please don't rush off. We're going to have morning tea, and uh, we encourage you to hang around, have a, a bite to eat with us and a bit of fellowship, a cup of tea, and uh, I encourage you to do so. But uh, why don't we just all stand on our feet? We're going to go out with a song. And uh, all our visitors that are here today, God bless you for coming and visiting with us again. We do appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to maybe coming again if you can, if you're in Broome again. But God bless you all. Let's just ask a blessing on, um, on, uh, on our ministry of the word today. Father, we again thank you, Lord, for your word, for the ministry of your word. Lord, we thank you for all those that are in here, Father, under, under the sound of my voice, Lord. Lord, we pray that um, you've worked a work in spirits and hearts today. Lord, we pray that you would uh, continue to bless this people as they go from here. Lord, uh, uh, stir them up, Father, as uh, they walk in your righteousness and also practice your righteousness. And we ask these things today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.